Good afternoon, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Cannon Talk. I'm just Mona and my co as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Good to be back again. Arsenal take on Leicester at the King Power. You know, not the easiest of grounds to go to. I mean, even though Leicester haven't been the best of four, but I mean, you know, they always seem to have a trick up their sleeve whenever we come to town. You know, I just want to tell you and the listeners before we go on now. When I wanted to start putting my notes down with the podcast, I was wrote down Arsenal visited Fulbert Street because I felt. Oh, Fulbert Street went wild. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, big news before the match was um, James Madison not making the squad at all, uh, an injury forcing him out. And I mean, I think for me, look, he's been the talisman this like majority of the season. Now, even though look, they've had a pretty crappy. Uh, season, but I mean, he's been the only one like you know, really flying the flag high for them. And I don't know, for me, it was almost like a, a, a like a breath of relief I had, like when they said, because look, as I told you last week when we did the build up, uh, look, he's like top of the, 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 the normal football ratings, he's top of the goal scoring charts and assist charts. Yeah, no, so, so I think you know, by him not being there, he dictates the game that Leicester yeah. plays as well. So you know, by them losing him, you know, it was a big plus to us as well. Yeah, and I mean, Arsenal now going into this match, uh, trying something new for the first time with uh, going with a false nine. So Martinelli ends up coming in for uh, Eden Ketia and uh, with, I mean, Trossard not keeping his place. What was your thought of going with that style of uh, play? I, I, I was very happy because, I mean, if you listen to our previous episodes, I mean, I was always calling for at least having Trossard or even Martinelli down the middle because it adds to that, you know, kind of said the way they're able to, to change, interchange between each other, it would seem much more fluid than, yeah. you know, having Ketia. It just seems that Ketia seemed a bit tired and maybe a bit complacent as well. I think that is why, look, uh, I'll put my handles up to this, but I just think at times we, you know, we sometimes think, you know, something like the form is erratic in it, but... As you know, like hit the nail on the head. I think sometimes it does come to like fatigue where you look, Arteta's playing the same team every week, every week. And I think after a while, it, it does, you know, look, some of these guys are also young players. And I think it does start draining on the system. And I think you can also see like with like, you know, decision making and, and that, that thought process sometimes it does lack sometimes when you are like, you know, like mentally or physically tired. Yeah, so it's good to see a change up and. Trossard, I'm sure, was hungry to also, you know, be on the field. Yeah, so, I mean, Arsenal get the game underway. Arsenal uh, dominating, you know, early position, trying to, you know, really set a marker in the game. Uh, Lesser were trying to also, you know, string passes together. But, I mean, look, Xhaka and Jorginho doing their best also to break up play. Then, 26th minute, Trossard scores what looked like a, a world. But then after, uh, you know, the, the uh, goal is analysed by VAR, uh, then shows that Ben White actually held onto the keeper's hand in the challenge. Oh. So, I mean, what a pity. I mean, no goal, but, I mean, uh, it, it would have been a, a real cracker from, from Trossard. Because, I mean, the technique he struck the ball and watching the goalie, just watching the ball float into the net was fantastic. Pity. He's, a very, he's a very unique player, actually. You know, like, you look at him and you like he looks like this little boy, actually. <laughs> you know, you know, you're not kind uh, to fly, but he's so dangerous with his feet and... He's, he's always looking to to almost, um, I can say, hurt you as the opposition. You know, he's not looking to t- turn around and pass back. He just gets his head down and, and tries to get past you or looks for a dangerous pass. 
I think you're looking at the way to look for was tenacious because I mean yes. yes. The Tasmanian Devils because yes. I, I watch him like like you can see when he runs up to a defender or a fullback. Look, look, they normally have like a sort of stand or first. And I mean you know he's gonna you know drop the shoulder then either dart to the outside or come back on the inside. But I mean he always has that sort he has that sort of unpredictability to his game. Yeah, no, and I think that is what you know, Mketi was maybe a bit lacking as well because Mketi is a very predictable player to an extent. You know, he, he yeah. likes just hanging on the edges, trying to pick up the loose ball. But Trossard, you know, almost like throws the defender out, you know, and you kind of have to follow him because if you let Trossard get the ball and turn, you're in big trouble. Then 31st minute, Leicester also now, you know, trying to move forward, making a attacking game out of it. When uh, I think they use a long ball that beat the Arsenal defence and your Nacho receives the ball. And dings the ball over Ramsdale. But, I mean, again, after VAR check, offside given. Yeah, no, good line by Arsenal. And, you know, Nacho's been the guy leading the attack for for um, for Leicester. So, you know, good good defence. I mean, they could have so easily been 1-0 behind. And, you know, things become a bit rocky again. And, I mean, as we close to half-time, I mean, both teams also trying, you know, a variety of attacks. Like, you're trying to... Quick pass through, not actually quick pass, because uh, I think it was the thing it was getting on my nerves actually. It's actually the thing that I just jotted down here, like because I, for me, the issue I had with Arsenal was we were, you know, the the transition from defense to attack was too slow for my liking. Because look, you could already see what Brendan Rodgers was trying. Like, look, he he's already lacking a few of his most creative players, and I mean, look, yeah, Tielemans on the bench for this game. So I mean, they were almost like trying to slow the game down purposefully and. By the time we now doing the same thing, I mean, it, it, it kind of ended almost like a midfield mess because nobody's really giving an inch to each other. And I mean, with us passing slow to get through the lines, it was like, it was like really irking me. Yeah, I know. It's, it's almost like we need to play faster, but like, why don't we start playing faster? You can really open up a side by doing that. Yeah, exactly. So the second half, uh, I mean, the start, and then I think something like 51 seconds in, uh, Trossard is free down the left flank. He ends up nutmegging Suta, which frees Martinelli. And I mean, on uh, Martinelli ends up teeing himself, uh, sorry, teeing the goalie first up. And then with an the uh style finish, he ends up just slotting the ball past the keeper. What a start, 1 0. Yeah, you know, uh, at 1 0, it came at the perfect time. You know, your team switching off after the uh, half time, but you know, maybe much needed goal because Arsenal's been chasing games too much of late, yeah, and yeah. it's nice to actually you know take the lead for once. So, no, and I mean, okay, the one thing that was a worry is like, I mean, Martin and he ended up staying down after uh accidentally getting trodden on by Ndidi. But I mean, after some treatment, I mean, I think within like a couple of minutes, Martin and he came on the pitch again. Yeah, I know it was uh, always a ner- uh, my nerves always gets a bit shocked when when Martinelli or Saka thing go down and, and don't forget um, party as well. And I mean, I, I was like, I was getting almost like sort of Robert Perez flashbacks of 01, I think, or 102 season. We because I mean, I when I saw him all these knee art, because look at that split second when he scored, I was more focused on the ball throwing into the net. I didn't see that that part at the back where Ndidi does that accidental stamp on his knee but i mean like by the time i saw it i said oh god i just hope it's not you know acl or anything related yeah thankfully not thankfully not but we take the lead and 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 uh how can i say arsenal is having to hold on to not that we're going to play defensive but at least we don't have to chase for anything it's up to Leicester to come out now yeah then 55th minute saka martinelli you know end up smuggling a chance and 
the latter, uh, sorry, the form actually scores, but I mean, the ref ends up, you know, having that also check and that gets ruled offside. But I mean, it was quite close. But I mean, also again, a pity because I thought now we're going to edge, you know, that ahead. Because look, you also don't want Leicester to like, get themselves back into the game. Because I mean, especially now, defending a 1 0 lead, you never know with the way sometimes teams, you know, sway the balance. Yeah, no, 1 0 leads are very dangerous, especially in the Premier League. I mean, you saw Leicester City, no, Leicester. Man City, when they played against Nottingham Forest, you know, they had a comfortable 1-0 lead and bam, you know, they're chasing a game. Yeah. Then 58th minute, Ward pulls off a good save, palming away a swerving Zinchenko effort. Then 70th minute, Trossard comes off and Edin Ketia comes on. And I went like from the 78th minute onwards, Arsenal now starting to control the game well, almost like taking the sting really out of it. Because, I mean, look, Leicester were trying, huffing and puffing, but not really getting to the final third. Yeah, no, we, we, we closed off the game well and you know, Jorginho again showing that he can do a job, you know, filling in for Thomas Party. It's almost like you don't have to force Thomas Party in anymore. And that's the beauty of the squad at the moment is players are not being forced in anymore to the squad because they kind of know, um, you know, the, like they kind of have able-bodied replacements. So you can, you allow that player to kind of just, you know, go through the right um, process of getting back on his feet and back onto the field, which... You know, it's a good, good shows us good squad depth. Yeah, because I mean, it was actually a nice sign when eighty uh, third minute when Odegaard came off, Thomas Party came on, and then uh, ninety, what's it, ninety third minute, I think, uh, Zinchenko coming off, Tommy Asu coming on, also to see how the last few minutes. So I mean, Arsenal see how the match three points in the bag, and then I mean, second consecutive away game, which is quite impressive. Yeah, I know that is quite impressive. Aston Villa and Leicester, not the easiest of grounds to go to. So we take the three points and we move on to to our game in hand, which was going to be very important. You know, a draw was a non-negotiable. We need that kind of gap against um, City. So we took on the Ginger Mourinho, as they call him, at the Emirates. Yeah, I mean, look, last night, I was already, uh, hour before kickoff already, I was already sat cute in front of the TV waiting for the match. Uh, I mean, yeah, Ateta ends up naming an unchanged side which, I mean, was now probably going to be quite predictable since it worked for him quite well at Leicester. Um, the game gets underway, and, I mean, you can kind of see how Sean Dyche's set-up shop was, I mean, I mean, <laughs> when you see, I mean, he's got, like, what, four in, in, in defence, and he's got, like, five midfielders, and, I mean, the three down in the centre are almost like either destroyers or, like, pure muscle men. So, I yeah. mean, it, it told you now what we were going to be up against in this match. Yeah, I know. They weren't coming there for anything but a point. And if they could steal something, you know, they were going to take it. So, you know, Arsenal had to kind of unlock the the door. And I'm glad to see it. We you know, went basically with the unchanged lineup. So glad to see the, the front three playing again. And it was interesting actually to see Trujillo got the nod, even though Party was fit. Yeah. Then, uh, seven minute, Mopai lets fly with a swerving shot, which stings Ramsdale's palms. And I mean, for me, it was almost like it, it also shows you that, you know, what you were now mentioning, stealing something, because they also have that sort of danger, even though they're going you know, like, to be on the ropes probably for most of the game. But that is the sort of danger that teams like Everton can, you know, spring on you. Yeah, I know. They were literally playing on the counter attack. I think yeah. they were nullifying our play. And I don't think, like, we, we, we spoke much between this game, but like, I was starting to get a bit nervous actually because it's like Arsenal weren't doing anything really to scare Everton 
But everything, you know, spinning and counter attack, I think that one with that Dwight McNeil when he um, almost, you know, he just scuffed his um, chance to, to cross to, to Mope, who actually tried like a little fancy back heel, but I mean, never got enough power on it. But it just shows that Everton was just waiting for our mistakes and to bounce on it. But I, I also think, I mean, look, I think Michael Owen, at, at, look, I was also jumping between certain channels during, you know, like say post-match and then, but I mean, not yeah, post-match uh, at halftime, but it's still like, you know, part of what we're not talking about. Um, about how we were almost like trying too hard to, to get that goal. And I think the more you start pressing the issue, it, it was like things were not working out for us because at times the ball was either getting overheat or underheat. Because I mean, I don't know how many times I saw... Gabriel trying long-range passes, and then it was never reaching the target. It was always dropping short so that Everton could intercept. And I was just thinking, just keep it simple, but also just add a bit of zip to the ball. Because yeah. because you can actually see, like, you know, when we would shift the ball to the, the right side of the pitch, that whole blue wall, actually, you know, that, that midfield five, would just come across like a wall. And I mean, you could see Arsenal almost like running also in a way out of ideas because they would shift the ball to the left side of the pitch, and you'd see this blue wall you know, shift again across. And I was just telling my son, they're going to either get, you know, have to break the lines through, uh, you know, because I think it's going to be too uh, obvious when you're going to go long because Tarkovsky and uh, Michael Keane, they are quite strong in the air. So, I mean, you're going to need to almost like break the, 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 almost like the padlock by playing almost like an intricate through ball to break the lines. Oh, I just think quicker, quicker, quicker. Yeah. The more you like hold onto the ball, the more everything gets to put the players behind the ball. And I mean, another thing was like, you know, seeing the way Everton dispatched Everton, uh, sorry, Liverpool just dispatched Everton. It was like, you know, they bypassed Onana and Gay constantly. I mean, they, they were struggling to then keep up with the sort of pace because every time Liverpool were getting the ball, it gets played behind that, that midfield five. And that just, you know, you could actually see they were starting to get themselves disjointed and you know, almost like fatiguing themselves. So I think that is what we were trying, but. As you now mentioned, we were too slow. So, I mean, cycling the ball that slow is going to just allow a team like that to, you know, defend and sit back, you know, on their own just for four minutes, like, you know, winding the clock down. But, I mean, 35th minute, or yeah, for most parts of the first half, it was now, you know, watching Arsenal try to breach the blue wall. Then 40th minute, Zinchenko ends up sending a fantastic through ball to Saka, who ends up spinning into empty space. I mean, I think he, uh, uh, what's that guy, Mil- or that, that left back on this? Yes, Melienko or something like that. He always had Saka's number for most part of the game. He actually, like, it's an irritation for me because he's actually a half-decent defender because he's, like, kept Saka very quiet. And, I mean, he's kind of distracted and that, like, through, through, um, I think, Martinelli or someone was floating on the right side also. So, by the time Saka ends up spinning off, he doesn't know whether to go track Saka or what's a guy who's about to make an overlap run. But, I mean, Saka needs all that just that split second to make the space for himself and then with his standing leg just let's rip with a shot into the roof of the net. One or Arsenal. I was really impressed with this finish, I must admit, because I thought, you know, he's a left footer. How's he going to get this in? Like, you know, I'm thinking, he's the angle too much that to curl it and he just kind of rifles it with his right foot. It just shows the confidence he has at the moment uh, as, as, a, as in himself to, to finish chances. And, and, and we spoke about it, I mean, if you go, could have been the seed last season, the season before, about how he needs to work on his finishing, and it seems like he is, and he's becoming more composed in front of goal. And I mean, even when you look at that, that sort of finish that he did against Aston Villa as well, where the balls were like rifled into the roof of the net, but I mean, you can see 
the power is in, I mean, the ball is still rising as he's like striking the shot. So, I mean, it's fantastic technique and just shows you what he also does probably in training because, I mean, stuff like that don't just come overnight to you. Yeah. So, uh, then 45th minute, actually, one minute into the into injury time, Idrissa Gay ends up getting caught in possession by Saka, ends up playing in Martinelli, who buries the chance, though the ref did make an offside call. And then, of course, we are, you know, contacted the ref to do like a thorough VR check. And then in a few minutes later, the goal is given and Arsenal going to the break 2-0 up. And I mean, I, I, honestly, I wasn't even prepared for that, but I mean, I'm not going to say no. Thank you to it. Yeah, I know. For, for me, I thought, to be honest, that's the game because Everton didn't offer anything. And now they had to come out at us and we didn't have to do anything but just had to pick them off from the counter attack. Yeah, so we swing on to the second half. Uh, Jorginho ended up coming off party on. And I mean, one thing I, I, I noticed was that a lot of people... Look, okay, I for one felt something was off with Jorginho in that first half. And then, of course, uh, like, you know, uh, like, you know, post-match also people were criticising some of his passing or his judgment. And then, I mean, uh, actually in the post-match interview with Arteta, he actually said Jorginho wasn't feeling 100%. But opted to, you know, like wanted to be selected for the match. But he said that nothing at that when they came in for half time. He also said physically he wasn't like up to it anymore. So that's why Thomas Party ends up then coming on. And with the, Thomas Party coming on, it's almost like it really started establishing Arsenal's control of the match because in midfield, all of a sudden, Thomas Party was now just becoming like the tinker, not the tinker man, but he made everything just tick in that midfield. Then. Yeah, no, he, he was. He was winning everything. 50-50s was easy. It's just, you know, it's, just, it's important just also sometimes have a ball-playing midfield in the squad. And I think Trujillo and Party could possibly work if you want to give Shaka a break. Yeah, because, I mean, like, he's like, you can see even those those, those tough guys of, of Everton didn't really know how to deal with him because he was either nicking the ball off them or he was holding about two or three of them off. And by the time they all mobbed to Thomas Party, he ends up playing a through ball in Arsenal or, you know, outnumbering Everton in midfield. Yeah, 100%. Then 57th minute, Trossard ends up shanking a volley high and wide. But I mean, by then, Arsenal, when the stats came up, Arsenal already had some like 80% position. Then 62nd minute, also a big wake-up call for Arsenal. Here's the runoff play. Everton search forward and McNeil unleashes some 18-yard screamer. Ramsdale ends up parrying. Almost like nearly spilling the ball in, in the path of an Everton player. But Zinchenko ends up just flicking the ball and clearing the ball to safety. Yeah, I know. Luckily, I mean, 2 1 would have made it very uncomfortable at the Emirates. And then once again, you know, Everton would have been smelling something and thinking, okay, we can get this. Then, 71st minute, Jaka ends up releasing Trossard. And a uh, Belgian international cuts the ball back with a pinpoint low drive cross. And Odegaard just sweeps the ball out 3 0 Arsenal. Yeah, what a goal that was. What a goal that was. I mean, you know, Trossard almost running to the byline and thinking to myself, did he overcook this? And he just decides, I'm going to eat with my left foot, looks up and straight to Odegaard. I think he also finished with his weaker foot. But do you sometimes feel that is what, what some somebody like Martinelli should be doing more? Because yes. it seems he, he gets himself in a sort of position where his body seems almost like in an awkward spot to, to yeah. cross like that. And so he ends up... Or like hitting the ball, either stuck on his feet or he ends up yes. out of play. No, it's it's 100%. That was like the shame out because yeah, yeah, they yeah. know he's not going to play. But like Trossard, like he almost takes you to the byline, looks up and then he just hits a perfect ball into the box. And I mean, you know, 
once again, Trossard, you know, getting involved with an assist. Yeah. Then in the second minute, uh, Trossard and Jaka came off, Nketiah came on and Vieira came on. Um, it's also we're now trying to push on, you know, looking, you know, in search of more goals. Then in the 78th minute, uh, party lost a pass to Eden Nketiah. He decides to, of course, use power. Instead of, I mean, in my opinion, he should have actually lobbed uh, the advancing pick for it. But, I mean, he ends up making a block from Nketiah, but trying to blast the ball through him. Yeah, no, I was again on Ketia's case for that, actually. I'm like, come on, man, finish that, and you kind of break your goal drought, and, and then you, you kind of back on a good run of form again. Because, I mean, for me, like, instinctively, of someone like uh, that used to play as a forward also, when I saw that ball of party, I thought, and, and you could already see uh, Pickford advancing, I would just lob him with a gentle lob, because, you know, Pickford is almost like expecting a sort of bullet shot at him, and, I mean, Edin Ketia plays right into his hands. I guess when you're not in form, I think, you know, your confidence is low. I think you mm-hmm. you try something. You don't try the spectacular. You just try, you know, put your foot through it and hope for the best. Then, 80th minute, Zinchenko threads a, a nice through pass to Nketiah, who takes the ball to the byline. And, I mean, just like close to the, the dead ball line, he ends up cutting the ball back and Martinelli darts in and stabs home. And it's 4 0 Arsenal. Fantastic build up, fantastic. <coughs> and that's 11 goals for Martinelli. Yeah, I know. Good, good. I think both both Saka and Martinelli got into double figures. Think we things we've always been moaning about, you know, that our kind of wide attackers and attacking must get goals. Then I, I think also another little big moment for Arsenal was Zinchenko and Saka coming off and Tierney and Smith Rowe actually now getting some more game than game time. <coughs> so we move on to the 92nd minute. Everton launch one more attack. Damari uh, Gray ends up forcing. Ramsdale into a save. I mean, the ball is kind of spilled out again because of the power. Uh, Tom Davis ends up trying to nick the ball and, and get the consolation goal. But, I mean, Ramsdale ends up doing a fantastic claw save with, you know, half laying on his back. And, I mean, the defence ends up hoofing clear. Yeah, no, I think you, you could see what that clean sheet meant to Ramsdale as well. He was very much a cool and calm collector. But if he had to concede, I think he would have been very angry. Yeah, so with that, full-time goes three points to Arsenal and they go five points clear of Man City. So, our next build-up is Arsenal-Bournemouth, uh, which is going to be probably on your uh, wedding day, I believe. Oh, yeah, that's correct, yeah. <laughs> so, first, first meets 19th. Uh, the Cherries have, you know, had a torrent run in the league so far. Uh, injuries haven't also helped them either. I mean, they've been missing key players for the majority of the season, like with Brooks. Sabani, Sanislas, Cook, Kelly, Avanier, Vina. So, I mean, they all are probably going to, like, for this match as well, now this weekend. And, I mean, like, the key players actually has been uh, Tavernier and, I mean, Lerma and Billing are also always up there because, I mean, I think Billing was, even when we did the build-up of the Bournemouth-Arsenal match, his name was there and, I mean, he was almost like one of the key players at the start of the season. And, I mean, like, I think you can also see also the sort of season that, that, that Bournemouth have been having when you... Look at the top goal scorers. I mean, Kiefer Moore, four goals, yeah. four and Solanke, three. So, I mean, it tells you what sort of tough time they've been having. And, I mean, with Arsenal, as we speak now, uh, Saka at the moment is like the star player at the moment, 7.8. Thomas Partey, 7.7. Odegaard, 7.6. And then know in the goals category, Martinelli, 11. What was it? Saka, you said also 11, right? Yeah, Saka's 10 or 11, yes. Yeah, and then Odegaard with nine, so... Yeah, so I mean, I just hope we can now, you know, get that business also over and done with early. Because I think, uh, if I saw correctly, City play first, right, on Saturday? 
Yeah, yes, yes, yes. I've been Newcastle first. Yes, that's correct. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, you never know with Newcastle at the moment. They just seem to be going on a bit of a downhill spiral at the moment. I think I just hope that, you know, they can. I can't see them winning at the end, but I just hope, you know, they can steal a point. I mean, two points even by, by drawing a game and, 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 you know, knocking City a bit off the pitch because. You know, it'll be a lovely uh, wedding gift from Arsenal if we can make it seven points uh, clear before, you know, before we, we, we go to Fulham next week. I mean, it's it's going to be a very, I think, not a tough game, but, you know, Bournemouth have a free hit because they're not expected to win. So Arsenal need to just be ruthless, you know, put one, put two, put three, and just kind of they just see what happens from there because... Yeah, I, I do think, you know, now's the time now. Yesterday was the first time in a while that I actually, in, not, I don't know I didn't enjoy the other games, but in hindsight, you only enjoy the game afterwards. But, I mean, this game yesterday, you actually enjoy it. You know, you're watching it stress-free, you know, you're enjoying it. But I hope it's going to be a similar game for, for those that are going to be watching the game. Um, I'm sure you'll keep me updated as well. And, I mean, like, look, we also got the game coming up on Thursday. Uh, in the Europa League, uh, Sporting Lisbon versus Arsenal, because I mean that's probably uh, a game that I'll probably be doing on my own, like when we do the uh, when I do the uh, the podcast. But no, I, mean, I don't think you will do that at the end because I'm still here. I'm only leaving up to honeymoon on the um, it is confirmed. I'm only leaving the 26th, and I don't think there's any game happening uh, up until the first. So we could possibly still. You know, on the 25th, pre- preview um, the various games. I think I don't, I don't think you'll have to do any podcast on your own unless you want to say something during the international break. No, no, no. I think it's fine. I'll probably also get my feet up over that period anyway. Um, yeah, with regards to Sporting Lisbon, I mean, look at it. Yeah, round of uh, 16th fixture versus the Portuguese outfit. I mean, I think they're sitting fourth now in, in the uh, Primera Liga. Uh, I think the key players at the moment is that Pedro Gonçalves, Pedro Porro. I mean, of course, he's on left already to Spurs. And then Manuel Uncate. And I mean, I think for them in the goals category, that Gonçalves is actually the guy that we should be uh, watching because I think he is like one of their goal threats because he's something on, like, on 12 goals already for them. And then I think they also got that one guy, I don't know if he played for Tottenham, that, that Edwards guy. Is it Marcus Edwards or something? Yeah, yeah Marcus Edwards. Yes, yes, that's correct. Yeah. So, I mean, look, I, I don't have anything else to say before. I mean, I'm mean, so say a few talking points at the end now, but do you have anything to talk about football-wise now before we end off? Yeah, no, I would like to say, like, it you know, just shows that Arsenal have, have, have really showed some good depth. I think if you had to take Haaland out of City for the month of time that um, Jesus has been out, I think, you know, they, they could have been in trouble. I mean, you take Rashford out of United for three months, same thing that you, yeah. you look at, they could have been in trouble. I mean, Arsenal have been put out the so-called star attack, you know, central attacker. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, people always are saying, yeah, if Jesus gets injured, if Jesus gets injured. I mean, I panicked when Jesus got injured, to be honest. But, you know, here we are still, what, uh, five points clear. And I think it's really going to be important, like Potter said, game by game, if we can just edge ourselves. Because I think it is important games that we both play Newcastle, City and Arsenal. We both play Liverpool, even though, you know, one plays away and one plays home, and we both play Chelsea. I think, you know, those, I mean, and I think those three games are going to be very vital leading up 
you know, I think we play Chelsea after City, but those three games are going to be very vital in the title race as well, because if you, you kind of have to um, beat your opponent in, you know, the result you're going to pick up against those teams. Yeah, because I mean, uh, my take is just, look, United and, and Man City especially, since look, they are the ones that are in the chasing pack. I think that there is going to be, a, there will come a point where things could put, not only push this squad to its maximum, but it could also be to a point where it's going to be like too much on the plate for them. Because if you already think of how things are being compressed now after having that, that World Cup and, and, and things almost like fast track. So it's almost like your, your team is expected to play, you know, at, at a, a quicker pace now, like the, the recovery time is getting almost like less and less. So I just think to myself, I mean, Arsenal have a sort of squad that you can actually have now Europa League squad with, you know, class players. But then also you can see to it that you're... Because look, look, I, I know a lot of fans are feeling that they want to, you know, chase like the Europa League dream as well. But I'm at, I'm getting to a point where I just want to keep that strongest squad as possible for the league. Because, I mean, for me, right now, I think just to get that that feel of that, you know, with the trophy winning again, that should be the only goal for us right now. And everything else is like just a bonus. Yeah, the a tricky one because I think the Europa League it's, it's gonna it's gonna take us. I mean, next next round you're probably gonna end up with a against a Man United and Juventus or something where you know you're gonna have to start pulling out the big boys. But yeah, no, I, I definitely think that um, you know the, the Premier League is a priority. I think we can get through Lisbon with the second string side. Yeah, from there we'll have to see how it goes. I mean. You know, City have to do the same thing. You know, they have to be playing tough games on a Wednesday yeah. or Tuesday against whoever. So, it's only going to get tougher for both of us. But, I mean, Arsenal will sacrifice the Europa League. But if City get choose between the Premier League and the Champions League, you know where they're going to choose. I think the leeway we get is, like, we can actually use, like, say, the squad for that. But I think the, the, for them has always been the only grail, the, the Champions League. And... For that, you're going to have to use your strongest 11 every week. So it's like they're going to have to almost like hold the four down in the league with that, that strongest team. Plus, they're going to have to now see that they can, you know, edge ahead of Leipzig in that second leg. So you just want, and, and you know, the way things also are going to pan out if I saw right. I mean, I don't know. I'm not, I'm, don't, don't hold me to it. But I also think the way the quarterfinals are going to run out in, in the uh, FA Cup. We Man United and Man City could also face each other in the semi-finals if it plays yes. So, I mean, do they really even want to do that, like, you know, right now to face each other again like that? Because, I mean, you know, uh, those Manchester Derbys all played, you know, all cuts and glory. Yeah, I know. We just need a kind of a, a little lucky break. I think I just see Arsenal can just stretch the, the, the points tally at the top. The more they stretch that gap, the more City will start thinking, you know what? The Champions League is where it's at for us. Yeah. So with that, before we end off, I just want to wish you all the best, Aiden, for your big day on Saturday. I mean, you and Terry as well. I mean, probably I'll probably avoid drop you guys a message or, or like also the day before. But I mean, I wish you guys all the best for the for for that that day and also for the future. I mean, I hope you guys have a fantastic life together as well. So take care, guys. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, cheers, guys. Have a good one.